Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. Coming up in this episode of Around the House with Eric G, we'll be talking with Elizabeth Gomez from Bridge City Contracting. She is a contractor that does residential and commercial work, and I wanted to dive in and really see today what you can do as a homeowner to really up your game to be the best client for that contractor, as well as what other contractors can be the best contractor for other clients. This is going to be for all the contractors and all the homeowners out there. You will learn something from this absolutely amazing interview. Now, let's get to the show with Elizabeth Gomez. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is no better show on your radio. This is Around the House with Eric G. Everybody stop what you're doing, please. From your back fence to the sidewalk, Eric will tell you how to keep it all in tip-top shape while helping you save a buck while doing it. If you like DIY projects, it takes a lot of practice to get good at it, and Eric is here to guide the way. These are the wrong plans. These are the old plans. Oh. All that and more on the fastest two hours of home improvement radio. Stop it! Stop what you're doing! Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk home improvement every weekend. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a special guest on the phone today, Elizabeth Gomez from Bridge City Contracting. Now, I kind of got to be a fan watching what she's got going with her business and all the successes, the wins, and the story. It's a great one. Welcome to Around the House. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for coming on today. You know, we got introduced by a, a mutual friend, Amy, and man, you are just winning on so many fronts out there in the world of contracting. To me, I absolutely love it. And I just wanted to talk to you today about, you know, the, the things you're doing right. And there's so much, I think, for people that are homeowners to learn from people that are wanting to get into contracting, all these different things going on. And I just wanted to expose people to kind of what the inside of that looks like and Man, you've been winning awards and you are like, your hands are in just about everything out there. And I love it. Thank you. So what got you into construction and doing residential and commercial contracting? That's a great question. I still ask myself that. <laughs> um, <laughs> initially, uh, I had been working for a very large multinational bank. And I was responsible for over 4,000 employees, and I was responsible for engaging them in volunteerism in the state of Oregon and Southwest Washington. Well, the bank closed our department. I was in their corporate office in Oregon, mm -hmm. and they relocated the department to Texas. And they offered me a job in Texas, and I didn't want to move to Texas. And they also offered me a job in Ohio, and I didn't want to move to Ohio. 
So I ended up taking the severance package. And at that time, my husband and I decided, let's start a construction company. And that's what we did. And we haven't looked back. We've been in business now uh, for seven years, going on eight. And it's just been a really amazing ride. And we've really enjoyed working together and working with people that we know and other businesses and um, residential projects. So um, it's it's been fun. Man, you're on the uh, NAHB uh, Remodelers Board of Trustees, isn't that right? I mean, you've got yes, a lot of stuff going on. I do a lot of speaking for NH- NAHB at the uh, – you know, Kitchen and Bath Industry Show and Design and Construction Week and International Building Show in Vegas or Florida each year. So, you know, those are that's a great organization. And you're also a, uh, a certified renovator, actually. Yes, I am. Man. I'm also a certified builder in Washington State through the Washington State Building Industry Association. Cool. Love those guys as well. All good, good organizations. Yes. So did you grow up doing a lot of this stuff as a kid or was it just you jumping into uh, jumping into contracting with your husband? What's your background? Well, growing up, um, I grew up uh, with my grandparents across the street and my grandfather had a wood shop and every day we were in his wood shop playing with tools, cleaning, pushing the push broom around and um, he would take scraps of wood and make toys for us. So we would make like birdhouses and little wooden flowers to put in the garden and little wooden tags for the garden vegetables. And uh, he made us actual like wheelbarrows out of wood, which were really (laughs) cool. And we used to paint them and do all kinds of little projects in his shop. So I think that was just kind of like my first... um, experience as far as swinging a hammer and using like hand tools and I think um, my love of the industry really started at that young age of seven years old. Nice those are such great memories I worked with my dad as a kid out in the in the shop garage same kind of thing it was either woodworking projects remodeling projects cars you know as a parent and this being Father's Day weekend, I just say all the, all the parents out there, whether you're a father or not, or grandparent, an uncle, an aunt, whatever out there, spend the time with the kids because that little bit of time can just innovate their entire life into a career path that uh, gives them some skills and a drive. That time is uh, is precious. When you can, give it. It is. It's very, my grandfather was one of the most influential people in my life. And he knew everything, Eric. He knew how to set tile. He knew how to wire his entire house, how to plumb his entire house, how to do foundations, concrete, sidewalks, stairs. I mean, he was constantly improving his home. He always had a project. I remember when he was 82 years old, he was tiling his guest bathroom floor while learning German. And he was just like that. He was always productive. 
I love that. I love that. At 82, knocking the tile out, trying to figure German out, and uh, just always wanted that challenge, it sounds like. Yes. Ah, that is wonderful. And so, speaking of challenges, it had to have been a challenge starting up your own, you know, residential and now commercial as well, you know, like commercial construction company. What were some of the challenges getting started that you ran into? I think our biggest challenge starting out was finding the right clients. It's so easy to start a business and want to people please because you want to get your business off the ground. But in this industry, people pleasing can be very dangerous Mm -hmm. because people pleasing and customer service are two different things. And so what challenged us in the beginning is we would say yes to every request and we would take every job, jobs that weren't necessarily in our wheelhouse. we we didn't do a good job of setting expectations and then also setting boundaries. And we would, you know, allow customers to do their own work to save money or bring in their own subcontractors. And later we learned, hey, this creates warranty issues or scheduling <laughs> issues. And on scheduling issues, a lot of clients didn't honor our schedule, which translates to loss of money. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of things in the beginning because we really just were excited and we wanted to launch our business and we didn't want to stop at anything just to make things happen. But we learned right away that, hey, we need to take a step back. And really get in front of our communication and figure out who the right clients are for us. And once we figured out our ideal client, it made things a lot easier because then we learned how we need to communicate to that client. So smart. And, you know, I learned this years ago when I was living up in Seattle in the state of Washington. And... I was a designer on a project and I had a buddy who was a contractor and it was actually another designer's house. And he was being very agreeable going through this same kind of thing. And the homeowner ended up hiring off of Craigslist or any one of the other, you know, Hey, I need a a laborer to do some stuff around the house. And the laborer came down in the basement that we were um, renovating and said, hey, where can I throw this trash? And he was being very agreeable and just went, hey, just throw it in the dumpster that's out in the driveway. We'll take care of it. It's the homeowners paying for the dumpster anyway. We'll take care of it. Well, a few minutes later, that laborer got hurt, hurt their back. State of Washington mm-hmm. went after him saying it was one of his employees. And he's like, no, I've never, I don't even know their name. And they said, well, you gave them direction, didn't you? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, then they're, they're one of your employees. And he yes. ended up on the hook for workers' comp. And he eventually got it straightened out, but it was an attorney in, in five hearings later and probably fifteen grand out of his pocket just to get that off of his back for literally just being nice and helpful and saying, oh, yeah, just throw it in the dumpster out there. It'll be fine. That's all the words that was said, but that was the probably the four most expensive words that he's used 
was just being agreeable. Yes. And I think that being agreeable can get you into a world of trouble. And especially with customers that really, and a lot of times, you know, this never is an intentional thing Mm -hmm. by the customer. I think that you really have to communicate to them all the reasons why your business cannot operate this way. And I think that now we have a lot of ways to approach these requests. And um, really, a lot of it is just providing an educational piece for our customers by letting them know um, why this doesn't work with our business model. Well, and it doesn't do the best service to the homeowner as well. And, And you know this and I know this, but for our listeners out there, you know, when somebody says, hey, my my uncle's an electrician and I want to bring him in to do the work and I'm just going to make up a hypothetical. You now have to deal with that as part of your warranty. And and they could be, quite frankly, a horrible electrician. Right. And unfortunately, they're a family member. So all of a sudden you're now drug into this this family member issue that there's the politics of family and everything else that goes along with that. But now the schedule's off because, well, they couldn't show up on Tuesday because they had something else going on. And you're still Mm -hmm. trying to get the drywall guys in there. And those things end up being a very bad experience for the homeowner. But in the homeowner's defense, they didn't know any better because they just thought they were helping out a family member. Exactly. And so we've had those types of requests. Actually, we have a job that we're working on right now where they requested to bring in their nephew who owns a plumbing company. And my response was, as long as your nephew is able to stick to our schedule and they can pass our insurance and bonding qualifications Mm -hmm. and that their licenses check out, then that's something we will consider. But I no longer tell clients, yes, I tell them we'll consider it. And so part of that consideration is also us looking into, you know, is this a legit business? How long has this person been in business? Have they had complaints? And in this case, um, the plumber is actually a reputable plumber here in town. Perfect. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but if that wasn't the, if, if that wasn't the case, then I would definitely um, think twice about even accepting the job. Because I think right now we're a little more advanced in our career where there's just certain things that are red flags now. Um, we were contacted by a doctor a couple weeks ago who wanted to do a kitchen remodel and it was like a $45,000 kitchen remodel. And she said, well, I want to save $120. So I'm going to install my own kitchen faucet sink. Oh no. And I, and sink. And I said, so you're installing the kitchen faucet and the sink. She said, yes. And I just had to think to myself, how much does a doctor make per hour? And, you know, what does that translate to 
as far as me taking on this job. And that was a big red flag for me. And, you know, I think that you really get, uh, you really get to look into a person's values when they bring these issues to you. And so then you have to see, okay, what is their, are they valuing saving that $120 where they want to install their own faucet and sink more than having the warranty behind it? And so then you have to start looking at those types of issues that may arise. And I guarantee you with my nearly 30 years of an interior design, designing kitchens and bathrooms out there, that to me, uh, they could have the best intentions, but I look at that and go, that is going to, that project's going to take 30 or 40% longer because they don't value their own time, which means they're Mm -hmm. not going to value my time. Your time. Exactly. (laughs) You know, um, most people will do the simple math, uh, especially on the on the DIY front like that, and go, okay, I make $500 an hour, and I'm just going to make up a number that's that's ludicrous, but I'm, I make $500 an hour, and the plumber's going to come in and make, you know, $125 an hour or $150 an hour by the time you get all the fees and, and everything else that goes along with that. My time is much more valuable letting the professional come in and do what they do best and to have a warranty with it. Yes. Because especially with a faucet, you know, those things can, you know, loosen up down the road a little bit. Weird things happen sometimes with faucets in kitchens, for instance. And I would, I don't like installing my own faucets. What are you talking about? You know, that's not fun getting (laughs) under the sink upside down with the back of the cabinet in the middle of my back. I'd much rather have a plumber come in and do that. And, And I value my time, you know. So I completely agree with you. My favorite projects are the ones that I said no to. Yes. Because I, I saved two people from going into a relationship that is going to be months long, that is intrusive into their lives that I could tell from my years of experience, wasn't going to be a good fit. Yes. And, and that is so smart. And it's for a contractor and for a homeowner, you know, especially on the front end of a project, and I, I just want to get this out to the listeners out there. I tell you what, if it's not a beautiful situation when you're going into the project and there's that level of tension, you're better to find someone else you're going to work with. Personalities are personalities. It's almost like speed dating between contractor and homeowner. If it doesn't work when it's easy, when you're tired of having someone in your house for four months, yes, it's more stressful, I promise. I promise. Yes. <laughs> and those are those things that, that experienced contractors learn. And I trust me, I've learned those lessons myself early on in my design career, taking everything on. But now you guys have gotten through that. And you're also doing uh, commercial work as well, aren't you? We are. We've gotten through that. We're doing commercial work now. We're doing commercial remodels. And um, commercial is an entirely different animal than residential um you know it has its pros and its cons but it's just different for the most part um it's definitely you can have a better schedule because you don't have to work around people living in their home and 
Um, you can, you know, waltz in at 5 a.m. and stay till 8 or 9 if you need to. And mm-hmm. um, it it it's a great way to um, get jobs done, like in a schedule that, you know, if you need to work longer days. So, um, but definitely we have a, a good mix of projects right now. Nice. And that's, you're right. I mean, doing commercial projects and residential projects, it's like French and English. They don't cross over well. They both have their their benefits. I've done multifamily projects where it's kind of a mix of those, where you've got a, a commercial, you know, company, but I'm doing the residential part of the project. And uh, it gets interesting when those, when those worlds crash together and those kind of things. Yes, it does. But the communication, I mean, that's something that you specialized in is the communication in the commercial project. If you, it's a good model for a residential project of how everybody communicates and works together. And if you can run a residential project, in my mind, a little more like a commercial project on the communication side, that residential project actually works a little easier. Absolutely. I think the most important thing is just really getting in front of your communication and anticipating what needs to be done before you even make that schedule. So a lot of times when we meet with people and they sit down with us and we sign our our agreement, at that time, I'm going over a lot of pre-remodel things that they need to be doing which is pack up your stuff, have everything ready by this date. I always give them, you know, a couple days in advance to get stuff done. So if I need it done by Wednesday, I'll tell them I need it done by Monday. Um, And then just really foreseeing what their needs will be with pets, with elderly, with children, people with disabilities, you know, you really need to look at what their situation is and you really need to consider them and listen to what their needs are and be able to create a way to work around those needs. Yeah. And pets can be such a challenge with remodeling because you've got trades coming through a house, you know, you've Mm -hmm. got all these different people coming out. And if you've got a dog or a cat that, uh, likes to make a run for it. I, I, that's where, when I have clients that had pets that were, you know, people are going to be in for a long period of time that has to have its own plan because it's so easy for them to get out during a construction project. Somebody's carrying something in their hands are full and then it takes them an extra three seconds to close the door behind them. You know, that, that right. whole process is its own scary thing from the, the contractor designer point of it. Absolutely. So we always have them secure their pets and we even tell them, you know, if you can put them in a room with the TV on, that way the noise won't be bothering them as much as, you know, it would as if there was silence. So um, it's definitely important, an important piece that oftentimes gets overlooked and I've actually heard those stories where the cat got out during a remodel and they couldn't find the cat for weeks. And 
then the cat showed up at the Humane Society and <laughs> I it right I was just embarrassed for that contractor just <laughs> It's, it's a not nightmare. a good look. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Because look, these remodel projects, no matter how well they're pulled off, for the homeowner, it's already stressful, right? I mean, you've got people in your house. You've got a, a loss of privacy Monday through Friday. You've got the the extra dirt. Things are moved around in your life because you've moved stuff around. And you've got a section of your house that's probably cordoned off. The loss of a pet is just going to ramp that up a thousand percent. So very smart, though. Very smart to get them to put that. You know, that's a, a great part of the plan. What are you seeing right now, Elizabeth, out there with, you know, you guys, I'm sure, have your own quote process of how you go through that process. Uh, are you running into right now? You know, there used to be, I would see a handful of contractors out there that, maybe had a, a poor contract and even worse budgeting process where, you know, it wasn't a fine tuned thing. So if you're meeting with a client and they're talking to two or three contractors, I would see some really wild price fluctuations and estimates out there. Are you seeing that getting any better out there or is that about the same as it used to be? It's about the same as it used to be. And I'll tell you this, we are never going to be the cheapest contractor in town. Sure. And I always tell our potential clients or people that we are thinking about engaging in projects that they are going to get low ball bids from everyone. And then I always ask them when you're comparing your apples to oranges, you need to ask the other contractor, are these things going to be included? Because I can guarantee most of the time that these things aren't going to be included. And a lot of times what contractors do is they'll give you a base price and won't add, you know, 40% of the project to that price. Mm -hmm. And then they'll say, well, that was an initial bid. And so what we try and do is supply people with an estimate that is actual. And in doing this, we charge sometimes for estimates. Good. And so Good. then what You're we You're speaking my language here, by the way. I'm going to jump in on this. Providing okay. that time, there is no reason... And I, I'm getting on my soapbox now. There's no reason a contractor <laughs> should go spend 30 hours on a bid process for free. I'm not yeah. asking for the restaurant when I go out to dinner to bring me my dinner for free. I'm not asking for those things. I fully think that free budgets, okay, that's going to be, you could spend $100,000 on this project is one thing, but for you to go through and spend all that time on a bid to have it detailed out and done right, I think that should be a cost to that. So here's a pro tip for all your listeners, Eric. Um, if you charge for your estimate, what we always do is we tell our potential clients, if you hire us, we will give you a credit for the estimate that you paid. And a lot of times people feel that that's fair and they will pay for the estimate. But I will say this. 
We have a great relationship with realtors. Realtors can also be your worst enemies. Mm -hmm. And by me saying being your worst enemy, I mean, a lot of times they use contractors and where you see this is in the home inspection. So realtors will call you and say, I have a 120 page home inspection that I need, you know, uh, exhibit 8, 20, 25, all addressed, and I need estimates for all of this work. And I need it tomorrow. I need it in 24 <laughs> hours. And so, you know, when we first started, we would crank these things out. I mean, I was staying up till like 4 a.m. making oh. these detailed estimates, addressing all the issues in a homeowner's inspection. And then a couple of weeks later, I check in with the realtor. Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't move forward with that property, but we're still looking. <laughs> and so I'd spend all this time, lose sleep, and you know, meet their deadline, and they wouldn't even like have the courtesy to call me and let me know, hey, Elizabeth, thank you. I just want to let you know this property didn't work out. We're still looking for another property. So with realtors, what we do is we will charge them $400 to do an estimate. And then if it's a, if it needs to be a detailed estimate and it's going to take more than an hour and a half of our time, then we charge them an hourly rate. And we tell them that, you know, again, if your client hires us, we will credit you for what you've spent towards their services that they or the projects that we will complete for them. So we feel that that's fair because it takes a lot of time to put these together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And it's funny. Uh, I've gotten on this soapbox. One of the first contractors that I really got on this soapbox with is uh, my buddy Jeff Devlin. He is on DIY Network and HDTV as uh, on Stonehouse Revival. So he's been on there. He was on, uh, geez, I can't think. It was Bath Crashers or one of those other shows as well. But he's on uh, Stonehouse Revival. And him and I last year were sitting there in in, uh, Pennsylvania going off on this whole subject as well of of how there has to be some more parity in the industry with this because – I want homeowners to get all the information because, as you know, there's contractors that come in and will give that estimate to go to contract, and the details aren't figured out. And the biggest Mm -hmm. catch-22 that I catch is that maybe they're working on a million-dollar house, but they've got low-quality materials figured out in the budget. And I'm going to use air quotes over my head right now that you can't see. But -hmm. they've got very low-end stuff like – hardware that's 75 cents a knob but we know darn well that these people are going to want to use hardware that's 30 dollars a knob because it's a higher higher end project but those Mm -hmm. things aren't in the in the estimate so those are the things that i really worry about with a lot of the the really kind of back of the napkin or back of the pizza box type estimates is that that level of finish isn't in that estimate and You'll come in with the thought of the project, all that time to come in, and the homeowner naturally goes, wow, they can do it for half the price. This is so tempting. Right, right. 
But when it's done and they've actually gotten what they want, they just figured out that they spent 20% more than what your project was where you spent the time and planned it out because they just weren't aware of what was wrong with that initial estimate. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's always been one of the catch 22s out in the, in the industry out there. So if you're thinking about hiring a contractor, the more detail in the estimate and paying for that estimate, that way, you know, that you're getting the right figures, the right numbers. So you don't have to go put a huge piece of money aside that some people will tell you that, Oh, put 30% away because of overages. Well, Many times those overages are a miscommunication or someone didn't spend enough time planning the project out. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And so, you know, another thing to be weary of is the fact that um, we've also had people ask us for an allowance list. Well, can I have your list of allowances? Well, I can't give my customers a list of allowances because I don't have cookie cutter projects. Like all Mm -hmm. of my projects are custom. And so, you know, again, in the estimate, we will list what their allowance is. Um, I have to have a good idea of what the customer wants, though, before I create the allowances. Well, it's true because you can go to Home Depot or go down to a a plumbing, you know, uh, you know, wholesale plumbing store and get a $250 Delta kitchen faucet and have a plumber put that in. You can also head down to Chown Hardware, which is a plumbing store in Mm -hmm. our area here and buy a $10,000 faucet. And without Mm -hmm. knowing what project you're putting this in, those allowances mean nothing without context to them. Absolutely. And that's one of the things to, I just, you know, you see so many, so many nightmares that are on home and garden TV or anywhere else that, you know, be realistic with those budgets and lean on your contractor to, to spend the time like you guys obviously do to come up with a good budget. So what are your, what are the challenges that you're seeing now, Elizabeth, moving forward as a contractor that you're seeing? What are some of the things that, are challenging you guys because I know there's plenty of market conditions out there with our crazy lumber prices to, you know, availability of just about every material out there. What else are you guys running into out there out in 2021 and even into 2022? Right. Exactly. Beyond shortages and price increases, we're still seeing a lot of clients that are very emotional And it really feels like people have taken a pretty big beating in 2020, Mm -hmm. whether it was professionally or whether it was emotionally or whatever's going on. It seems like people are just a lot more apprehensive, a little less trusting and a little more emotional right now. Um, we do have a lot of people who are very excited to have us in their homes and have sat through quarantine looking around their house going, gee, I could change this or I could do that and really assessing like what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And so we are getting a lot of people that are very excited, but it 
seems like when I'm talking to people as they call in, as we go to their homes for initial consultations, that there's definitely this emotional piece. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that we're trying to stay away from those types of customers because, um, you know, this year has been very difficult for us as a contractor. We've had a lot of issues with all the COVID protocols and just making sure that we can do everything that we need to do to stay in business. And, you know, people kind of want to turn it into a political thing. And it's like, <laughs> oh, come on. I'm just, we're just trying to, we're just trying to stay in business. Like I'm responsible for all these livelihoods. Like I need to make sure my employees are working and they're healthy and they're safe. And, you know, so we're really just trying to kind of move past that. And if we get a little inkling that, you know, these people may have anxiety or some emotional issues going on, we uh, really don't want to take on that project. I totally get it. I mean, I, emotional clients can be tough because we're, we're coming out of this now where we had, politics, we had pandemic, we have all this stuff where it's out there. And it can make a job site really difficult. Uh, And when you put personal emotion on top of it, I mean, I've got a client now that um, I designed out this kitchen five, maybe six years ago. So this was a long time ago. And the homeowner, and this is when I had my kitchen and bath dealership, which I don't have anymore, because I'm, I'm doing, you know, broadcasting now full time. But I still Mm -hmm. see emails show up in my old email address. This customer, and these were nice higher-end craft-made cabinetry out of their their custom line. I still see in my junk box in my emails for the the email that I had for that that I don't even use anymore. But there's still warranty replacements because they had a lifetime warranty on the cabinetry. I went back the other day and counted out of this medium-sized kitchen I went back through my junk because I was curious. There were 60 warranty doors on this thing over the last six years on this kitchen. And I'm sorry, they're not that bad, but it's a painted finish. And it's that emotional client that can be tough on as a contractor. And I love my clients. I love all of them. They're, They're decent people, but we've all got to have the emotion checked in the right spot for these kind of projects and have those realistic expectations that uh, I I feel bad for whoever the rep is now because they're having to deal with this now. Wonderful people, but wood is not a Bentley. It's not going to be, you know, there's the beauty of wood. There's the, uh, a cabinet finish isn't going to be, if you wanted that level of cabinet finish, for instance, you have to get the right brand for that. And that's, not the right brand for that. So really just getting your emotions in check. There are customers that I've had where I'm like, you know, you need to get, I'll be honest, people in relationships, especially with married couples. Yes. You need to have your relationship in a good space to go into a remodel. If it's not a good space. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It is going to be the hardest thing on your relationship going through a model 
with a good contractor and a good team. Yes. And we've been in that place before where all of a sudden we're marriage mediators. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely the best of the best of marriages can be tested during a remodel. And then there's always the, well, I want this. Well, she wants that. And I want this. And what do you think? And we're trying to avoid those types of entanglements. (laughs) Oh, my favorite one is the, all right, but don't tell my spouse this. Right. Okay. We're we're going to do, we're going to do this. this. (laughs) Right. We're going to spend this extra money, but don't tell my husband. Oh yeah. It's, it's that, it's the change order one that always makes my hair stand up and go, oh, we are traveling in troubled waters that this person's doing a $4,000 change order and doesn't want the <laughs> other side. And I'll bring you a check and don't come by the house and ask for it. It's like, no, this is going to go badly. It's going to go so badly. <laughs> right. Oh, I've, we've all seen those. I've seen them. You've seen them. It's just, it's, it's the challenges of remodeling. And that's where some of this stuff almost gets like a TV show because of the of the of the little things like that that can happen where good intentions can go sideways. Yes, yes. So Elizabeth, we're running out of time, and and uh, I want to make sure that uh, did we hit everything that uh, that you wanted to talk about today? Anything else you want to add? I the other thing that I just wanted to add is. Um, Finding the right employees right now, you know, we're all looking for employees. Everyone I've been speaking with is looking for employees. And I just want to give another pro tip. And that tip is make your company a company that people want to work at. Pay people what they're worth. Give them the benefits that they need to support their families and support your employees. No kidding. Amen. Amen. And that's how you keep employees. And that's how you grow and grab other employees from your competitors that, that want to grow and have a, a better working condition for themselves in the future. Yes. Yes. All right. How can people track you down? If you're in the Portland, Oregon area and they want to hire you guys, what's the best place to get a hold of you? The best place and the first stop would be our website at Bridge citycontracting.com. Perfect. Elizabeth Gomez, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate what you've been doing out in the construction industry and how you're elevating the game for everybody. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you too as well. Thank you for providing a platform for all of the industry professionals that need support and tips. For more information about Elizabeth Gomez and Bridge City Contracting, head over to bridgecitycontracting.com for more information. I love what they're doing out there, and it was great to have them on the show today. Well, we've got some exciting stuff coming up in the next few weeks. We've got some great interviews coming up on the hour two of our show. So usually you're going to see it where we have hour number one will be uh, us talking about home improvement tips. And hour number two, we're going to continue to bring on great guests that you can learn from across the country and what they're going to be doing for either construction or home improvement. That way you get the deep dive in both hours. For Dane Botter and Caroline B, I'm Eric G, and you've been listening to Around the House.
Around the House with Eric G is produced by, designed by Eric G in association with Salem Media and distributed nationally by the Sun Broadcast Group. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020 designed by Eric G. We will be back next week. If you missed part of the show, check out the podcast of all of our shows at AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Remember, measure with a micrometer, mark with caulk, and cut with an axe. Thanks for listening to Around the House. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.